Okay, so this is my first time to the House of Assembly. What can I expect today, Drew? Uh, well, today is going to be interesting because the Premier is out of town doing some meetings in Ottawa, uh, and a story just broke this morning that it turns out that Chris Mitchell Moore and the Premier totally did have Carla Foote installed at the rooms with little to no qualifications for problematic reasons. So. And a giant salary increase. Yes, uh, because she had been getting $132,000 in her comms job at the provincial government, so therefore she also had to get $132,000 at the rooms job, even though it only called for like $105,000. The former... It's actually a $20,000 overestimate. The former communication director at the rooms, has he spoken out? I don't think so, no. Um, no commentary on this, but yeah, if that was my old job that got a salary increase because the lieutenant governor's daughter needed a job, I'd be a little bit miffed too today, I suppose, as well. Okay, so, um, my first time at House of Assembly, and we're going to see some drama. Yeah, so we're, this is going to be, this is going to be pretty good. Exciting. This is a good first day. Okay. <laughs> Should be fine. Yeah, I guess, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, in that case, then you don't have to really make a new file, you just... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me discovering how Figured my fucking how machine worked, yeah. <laughs> I didn't take the fish from the goddamn water. The fishermen of the British Isles who came to Newfoundland during the summer months was codfish and people. The problem of survival. The honorable member for Confederation. half a million souls. Order, please. Order, please. Big intimidating building with lots of pretty Christmas lights. Oh, yeah, the data room um, is dark and there's lots of servers in here um, and it's connected to the press huh. area and there are a lot of missing ceiling tiles. Looks like someone's been crawling through the docks yeah. of the building. Okay, alright. Yeah. Sounds great. Probably Eddie Joyce. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Drew, have you heard of any rumors about the press room back here? Allegedly, back in the day, there used to be a bar for, I guess, reporters who had to deal with Newfoundland and Labrador politics for a living, but uh, that seems to have been gone for, I'm going to say, at least 20 years, but it could be much shorter than that, I honestly don't know. It would be so lovely to have a drink right now. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, there, it's, it's a pretty common remark, because every time I'm just coming here, Wow, it really would be nice if they kept that bar, actually. Yeah. I wonder if it's an urban myth like the pool in that high school. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, ch I choose to believe that it's true. Yeah, I wonder, um, was there a press smoking room? Or could they just smoke? I'm sure you could just smoke in here for a long time. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Um, we saw some really beautiful art on the way in. There's a Mary Pratt. I'm not sure who else. There's a really beautiful rug hooking. Um, and are the press the only ones really up in this hallway? Um, I mean, it's like the press and then some sort of like government, uh, like cancer and stuff. A lot of the speaker's offices are back here, so I guess a lot of the like backroom administration stuff of the house happens. But yeah, it's a very small number of people ah. that I think are ever back here looking at this stuff. Uh, the bar that we were talking about wasn't in this building. It was in this building, it just wasn't on this floor. <laughs> Very, very few members of the public here. It's about nine people here. No, sorry, about 20. There's about 20 people here. Um, most of them are staffers for the government. Oh. So that's why they're sitting on the jet flies so they're facing um, the government here. Okay. And opposition supervisors sit on this side. Okay. I'm going to do a quick report on the suits I'm seeing. Best dressed, definitely Allison Coffin, wearing two combinations of pink, looking real good. Uh, and a little sort of, uh, yeah, Jim Din. It's a suit of the people. Pretty good. <laughs> Jim Lester's wearing a suit that kind of looks like a gasoline puddle. A lot of a uh, lot of colors going on. Fits real nice. It's a uh, it's a rich man's suit. Lots of
the off the rack sort of more suits, which I'm really liking because it's sort of like suits for the people. You got a favorite outfit, Drew? Pauline's got. It's pretty solid. Um, Pauline's in the back corner. Yeah, it's a nice little cyan blue. <laughs> cyan blue suit. <clears throat> well, no black jacket, but a nice cyan blue mm. undershirt. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pauline is a really underappreciated fashion icon. Okay. Um, do you ever see anyone rock a skinny tie in here? No. No not, skinny ties. Not this session, for sure. Okay. Jordan Brown's got a nice suit on. We're talking a really intricate plaid tie. I'm really, yeah, I'm really liking his hair. It's good. All the front, all the front benches are cabinet members. Okay. Okay. Not very many women down there. <laughs> I'm counting six. Not very many young people. Jordan Brown, the youngest by a decade. Chess Crosby. Is that Chess Crosby? Okay. Chess Crosby is questioning them about the hiring of Carla Foote. The liberals did not answer the question. Crosby is speaking, his voice is remarkably monotoned. Wow, just monotone. He's asking a really intense question and his voice doesn't modulate at all. Bit of a volleyball, not answering the question. But to be fair, Chess Crosby didn't throw the ball very well. <laughs> I think that there's no passion in their voices because they're dead inside, but just a theory. Yeah, it's 100% a deadening environment and I think we can blame the carpet. The color scheme's not helping anything. Who's talking? Uh, Siobhan Cody. Even though Jess Crosby has all the appeal of oat milk, I'm glad he used the word patronage. It's, it's a good word to be using right now. No, it's not an HR matter. You know, against all odd Jess Crosby suits, kind of kind of high-catching. He does have good style. I wish that his personality would catch up one day. Just a soft lobby from the liberals. Not even just trying to table this for a later time. Really bleak because I think everyone just wants to talk about it. <laughs> does she have a point? No point. Okay, great. Pauline is man-spreading to a maximum degree here. He's taking up the room of five men. Not a comment on his weight, a comment on his aggressive stance. She needs to stop calling it a human resources issue. It's not a human resources issue, it's a patronage issue. So, some sneaky wordplay. Stephen Brazel addressing the shortage of doctors in this province. His voice, not monotoned. It's nice. John Hagee just claimed that Newfoundland has the largest amount of, biggest amount of doctors per capita. And nurses. Even if we have the highest amount of doctors per capita, we also might have the highest need. I've been here for about 10 minutes and there's been no collaboration whatsoever. <laughs> the phrase after Christmas has been said three times. But not immediately after Christmas. I mean, after Christmas could span on and on and on. Helen Conway, what's her last name? Ottenheimer just asked a uh, intelligent question, so that's great. Clapping, incessant clapping really interrupts the flow of the arguing. Cataract surgery being brought up again, brought up last week. 
It's nice to see the opposition cares a lot about cataracts. They would be the worst. You wouldn't be able to read your Russian novels. Girls <laughs> are just going to invest in books on tape for people instead of doctors. Pauline definitely leading the race for taking up the most space, but Jerry Byrne, close second. Mm -hmm. Conservatives want more oil projects and they want more jobs. The liberals are like, we're on it, probably. The NDP are upset, but aren't allowed to talk. 52 billions of oil, let's just drill and drill and drill until there is no more ocean. I think it's really depressing how much arguing about oil happens here. Um, it's really like unproductive discussions about it, too, right? How come you're not, like, you say you're going to do more for oil. How come you're not? We're doing so much for oil. Or, I don't know. Does anyone ever speak up for climate change here? The NDP sometimes asks, like, do you have a climate change plan? But then they get yelled at for hating jobs. You know what? You can believe in climate change and also believe in jobs. Allegedly. But, but we haven't seen it. Not in this Apparently. Oof, depressing. I'm predicting 10 minutes on oil and gas now. Lloyd Perry asking a hard-hitting question about the oil industry, wearing a nice suit, probably from his Scrooge McDuck oil money. Liberals committed to growing the oil and gas industry because they are committed to a short-sighted plan. Jerry Byrne is being really well-behaved. He's taking up a lot of space. He looks a little bored, probably wants to yell about racism, but he's definitely biting his tongue. Yes, he did just question your integrity. <laughs> Quoting Socrates. Do not think Socrates <laughs> Dubious Socrates quote, ma'am. Dubious. Only one toupee spotted in the House of Assembly. Minister of the Environment just declared that he's come up with a new policy for waste management that will be province-wide and Bonavista will be included in that strategy. Uh, he really had trouble making that statement. Yeah, not a strong speaker. I'll send Coffin getting him to ask a question. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, with reference to the aforementioned news article, I asked the Minister of Advanced Education Skills and Labor, what exactly did the Premier tell him that many can sidestep the required hiring process at the rooms, invent a new position, and hire an unqualified person? And we're back to the rooms, and Allison Calvin slammed it. Great question from Allison Coffin about rehiring someone for the position at the rooms. <laughs> I love Allison Coffin. Just a quick note. I referred to it as a human resource issue for the fifth time. No questions are really answered here. Questions are asked, but questions are not answered. We're working on it, seems to be the most common phrase uttered. Or I'll get back to you, or I'll have a report, or I'm happy to meet with you later. That's it. No answers. Do you hold to your theory that this used to be sharper? Yes, I generally do. There's not a lot of cleverness happening, is there? No. Yeah. Okay, so question period's over. What happens now? So right now we're going to go and start scrumming with people slash have a technical briefing on the Mitchell Moore Report. Alright, let's go. Alright. Technical briefing on Mitchell Moore Report. Okay, so I guess a scrum's happening. 
Okay, we're walking down the, what the other reporters called the Green Mile and going to the scrum, which is borderline terrifying for me. I guess CBC and VOCM are going to ask questions, and Drew and I are going to nervously stand back and just watch. We'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> so we're getting a briefing on the Mitchellmore report, and before that we're sort of being greeted and chatted to by comms people for the three parties. All of the comms people have great outfits on, better dressed than any politicians. Okay, <laughs> so Drew just said that a scrum room, the scrum room is like purgatory, and uh, but beautiful chairs in the scrum room. <laughs> yeah, Italian leather. I am firmly convinced that like, I will end up here when I die, though. Yeah, actually, it does sort of seem like purgatory. There's a little bit of like a funeral. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the lighting is depressing. Huh. And people are sort of dressed for a funeral. Yeah, actually. There is a lot of black. There's, there's actually, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, there is a lot of overlap between the basic government function decorum stuff and what is appropriate for a funeral. Yeah, it has a real wake, wake yeah, energy. It's a definite wake energy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, CBC and VOCM and NTV are all kind of lining up in front of the cameras. And we're... Uh, Yep, I've got this little recorder and Drew's uh, got Twitter. <laughs> so donate to the independent. <laughs> so the cabinet ministers are inside trying to figure out who's going to come out to talk to us. And we're um, just sort of waiting, but basically it's like waiting for someone to pick which sacrificial lamb will be slaughtered. Um, I'm very nervous to, to see who they pick. Um, well, I mean, which one's coming out, right? <laughs> I mean, we've asked for them. I don't know the idea. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. My job would hit the ground. Drew, where do they come out of? Usually, you come around the don't like yeah. I mean, like a bit of a heads up yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a five second warning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> The comms people are just sparkling. <laughs> What's with the colonial renaissance art over in the corner? What's that? <laughs> That's very colonial. Yeah, it's, it seems the, the very wrong. You feel like Jerry Byrne has something to say about the piece of art. Yeah. You think that. Yeah. Oh, and the citizen representative. Then suddenly, oh, everything here is problematic. Is that elevator, the secret elevator that goes to Dwight Ball's uh, office? Maybe, but I think there's another elevator too. I'm not sure. Okay, no, it's a secret elevator. Okay. So, what happens during a scrum? If we assault them with questions until it gets, until we either run out or it gets too uncomfortable. Okay. Letter is pretty rare, but it does happen. <laughs> it just Crosby's coming out. Real death walk. for how the House deals with Mitchell Moore as a member of the House in relation to the Code of Ethics. The prior question is for Mr. Ball and Mr. Mitchell Moore. It is, does he have a right to remain in Cabinet? And the answer is a resounding no. This minister has abused his position. He may well have misled the House when we questioned him on this going back over the last year. He must resign, and he must resign today from the Cabinet. That's a different question from what sanction ought to be imposed on him come, you know, his, the consideration of the report by the House. Right, because the Commissioner can only kind of deal with the Minister as an MHA, but ultimately for Cabinet, it's up to the Premier, the buck stops the Premier's room, do you believe? That's right. This investigation and this report, which I've only had time to glance at, deals with his misconduct as a member of the House. His misconduct and his abuses as a Minister, those are for the Premier to deal with. This man cannot remain in the cabinet. He must resign today. But wasn't he simply doing what his boss wanted him to do? <laughs> well, this remains to be seen. 
That's a question that Mr. Ball is going to have to answer when he comes back to question period tomorrow, and we will be asking him that question. But the minister must go. Uh, the minister has just released a statement saying the matter will be dealt with the House Assembly, and I will apologize. I have no further comment at this time, so I guess he's preemptively apologizing. D does that go far enough at all in your view? No. He's got to go. You cannot have uh, this utterly undermines the integrity of a cabinet which has a group of officers of this province, the highest officers in the province of the political arm of government. The integrity of the institution will be destroyed if this minister stays in his position. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Everybody good? Um, so the commissioner has recommended the mission more be reprimanded, and he has preemptively put out a statement saying he will apologize. Does that in your view you go far enough? Um, I have some serious concerns about what went on in this. Certainly this is the embodiment of favoritism, patronage, and backroom deals. So I think this needs even further investigation. Um, certainly, yes, it's good that he apologizes, and I appreciate that. But what assurances that this won't, do we have that this won't happen again? So you, in the House, you called on him to step down. Do you believe he should be removed from cabinet? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, this is a grievous uh, error on his part. He knew what he was doing, and uh, he was directed to do it. I have some serious concerns as his ability to carry on as a, uh, a minister and to do his duties as uh, appropriate. The Premier is, of course, I mean, implicated in all, the, yes. in all as it appears. What do you think uh, his actions should be? <laughs> I, I, I haven't read exactly the Premier's response or the, the Premier's involvement in it, but uh, certainly if he was directing this, he ought to be held accountable as well. How so? Um, certainly, uh, I, I would like to see a recommendation come from perhaps the uh, Commissioner for Legislative Standards, but certainly I, uh, I would think a reprimand would be a reasonable, uh, a reasonable thing to expect from the Premier, and certainly an apology in the House. If it all started with Premier Ball making the decision offering the job to Mr. Foote, um, wasn't Mr. Mitchell just following orders? I'm sorry, can you do that again now? If, as the report says, yes. Dwight Ball offered the job to Ms. Foote, yes. informed Mr. Britton of the rooms of this, wasn't Mr. Mitchell just following orders? It certainly seems to be the case, but wouldn't you think that the minister ought to know what the rules are and question them? I think any good MHA and minister ought to know the rules, and if they are asked to not abide by them, Okay, we're on the move again. The scrum is over, and now we're going to a briefing of the technical report. One physical copy of the report. Commissioners were like joking around with the reporters, seemed to have opinions on things. It's kind of neat. Back in the press room, getting my stuff, and that terrible elevator music is still playing. They really uh, make it as unpleasant as they can. This could be the, my all-time sweatiest. <laughs> Just like beautiful, beautiful art that not anyone really gets to look at. Quick note that the parking lot is full of cars. Tons of nice, fancy cars out in the parking lot. Not a lot of people taking the bus, I don't think. I'm not seeing any bikes in the bike racks. Oh, that's not a bike rack, that's a secure fence. Great. <laughs> okay, Drew, we're in the elevator, where are we going? the media center on the ground floor. This isn't the ground floor? Uh, no, this is the second floor. It's actually a basement. Brutal elevator. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How's the food at the cafeteria? You know, it's been a really long time since I had it. About 12 years ago, it was thoroughly okay and nice. Okay. I'm not sure how much that's changed. Okay, the security people here in the building are by far the nicest. <laughs> Easily my favorite security people ever. Yeah, they uh, yeah. they were real kind. Don't normally love security officers. The building is great. <laughs> okay, so that was our day. We're walking down the steps, we're outside now, and that was a day at the House of Assembly. I think I'll come back. Definitely.
big, intimidating building with lots of pretty Christmas lights is a fantastic way to describe the Newfoundland Labrador provincial government this time of year. Uh, as you just heard, that was uh, Andy Bullman and I going to the House of Assembly uh, this week. It was Andy's first time, and it was a wonderful adventure. Uh, my name is Drew Brown. I am the editor-in-chief and sole employee of the Newfoundland Labrador Independent, uh, joined today by Andy Bullman and Jen Brown. Hi. Well, we had a great week. I I thought it was a really exciting day uh, at the House of Assembly. Learned a lot. Got to see what you do. Yeah, you definitely picked a good day to come in and watch some fireworks. Uh, you didn't. You weren't there when the premier was there, so you didn't get to see like the particularly wonderful spectacle of like Dwight Ball being like everything's fine. Fuck you. Um, in the House of Assembly, but otherwise, I think you got the gist. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Dwight Ball uh, in action. I've never seen him. Like in person before it uh it is breathtaking yeah <laughs> how's his suit <laughs> yeah you know it's it's all right it's uh it's no chess crosby but it's decent. <laughs> no gasoline puddle it's, uh, it's somewhere between the moors off the rack and the chess crosby dream suit that's sort of where we want our premier okay <laughs> just joking we don't want him there <laughs> good uh, uh yeah. how was your share concert oh my gosh you guys share was amazing You're awesome. ba- okay <laughs> yeah share was so good um, did you know that she's 73 years old? Well, uh, parts of her are 73. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she kind of like started this concert with like the story about how she went on David Letterman and she was like 40. And she was like, do you know how long ago it was that I was 40? Like, do you want to know how old I am? She's like, I'm 73. And then everybody cheers and she's like, what's your grandmother doing tonight? And then like went into a song. <laughs> it was pretty epic. That is, that, that is, is- that's badass but also like how dare you say that about my nan yeah (laughs) share uh the post humans are aggressive (laughs) i love share what was your favorite song um i really liked it when they did the duet with like sunny like sunny came up on the screen like a hologram well not like a hologram but they showed a lot of like video clips and stuff so that was good and obviously the encore was a belief she like sang all her songs and then it was over. It wasn't like she left and then we had to be like, encore, encore. She just did her show and it was it. Mm. Yeah. Which I really liked. Uh, she said she had, probably had to go to bed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was probably you accomplished amazing things at 73, <laughs> but there is still a limit, I suppose, yeah. even for a share. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I asked. But now I feel like we should go back talking about the house. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad because share is much more interesting. Yeah. Maybe every well, other week that's true. Really? Tender said that he had to check some IDs, and there was a lot of Newfoundland IDs. So everybody was trying to get out of the province. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Proper thing. Um, I guess should we talk more about the house? Overall uh, impressions, anything I like hear that? More about your trip inside the house. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I want to tell my embarrassing story with the security guards. <laughs> it's real. Yes, it's a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, Drew forgot to call ahead, but that's okay because he's really busy and he's the only employee. Please donate money to the independent. <laughs> yeah. And in my defense, uh, the OCM also forgot to call ahead because yeah. Brian Medora couldn't get in either. It's so true. it's true. And um, so we got there, and I didn't have a press pass, and I also didn't have any ID on me. So we had to sort of wait around and be like, "Oh, we're so sorry. Can we please?" Can we please uh, come in? And they were really nice. And they got me a press pass, and it was awesome. Went in, experienced it all. As a summary, question period was over like that. Like, I couldn't believe how quick it was. Uh, it, It was so much ceremony and pomp for, like, 15, 20 minutes of soft drills. It was impossible. It was, anyway... Then when we go to leave, I'm feeling sort of like, wow, I was in the press room. I, you know, I did this on my day off. I'm such a productive human being. Yay, me. And I was feeling a little like, good for me. And then the security guard put his hand out. And in my head, I was like, does he want a high five? And then I was like, no, no, this is the formal place. He wants a handshake. And so I shook his hand and he was like, no, um, your security pass what i'm looking for <laughs> and the other security guard started laughing and i was like oh kill me <laughs> this is so bad they they have been asking about you for the rest of the week actually oh have they? Go in now yeah okay that's nice <laughs> they were r- the best security guards they were very very kind yes the security staff at the house assembly are fantastic yeah uh, props to them <laughs> yeah so and they took it in stride yeah. I, I think it broke their day up a little bit but i was just like oh drew's not gonna invite me back <laughs> 
they're like, oh, like, where's where's the other one? Where's your friend? I'm like, oh, you know, she's got a other job also. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly just me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> like, uh, Do you give them high fives at least on the way out? I really should start. I should start doing that. Just like high-fiving the guards on the way out. I'm so glad I didn't go in for the high five. It was like a weird limp handshake that I went for because I was like, I don't know what he wants. <laughs> I started panicking and did this like weird... I was... The high five would have been such a boss move. Oh, like, in the Confederation building, like, yeah, man, house. <laughs> awesome. It was just in that moment where I was like, I'm a worm. <laughs> I'm a worthless person. <laughs> and it was so terrible. But it's fine. <laughs> and that is the complete experience yeah. of going to visit the government in this province. I do want to say that the building is set up to be as, in, as intimidating as possible. The, they've got carpet everywhere, which is like... It, it uh, insulates, so the sound, it it's really echoey in places and really closed, and there's no air in other places. It's very strange the way the building is set up. There's beautiful art that we're not allowed to look at as regular people. <laughs> that's just up there molding away in its frames for the for like a handful of liberals to look at. It's crazy. Yeah, that's well. Now that you mentioned it. <laughs> So tell us your thoughts on what's happening this week, Drew. Oh my God. Uh, well, apparently, well, apparently this week uh, I learned all about how great the rooms is doing and how much awesome stuff is there and how we don't talk enough about the good news in this province because we're so hung up on just because the minister was found to do gross mismanagement of public funds by mm-hmm. appointing Carla Foot to a job in the rooms with no process or resume or evidence that she was qualified no master's degree no bachelor's degree uh, a handful of courses at month 20 years of experience doing comms for various liberal party adjacent but no museum or art gallery experience or archives experience uh does not appear to be so and if such uh evidence does exist it has not been produced <laughs> It's really good. It's good. Does it make everybody feel good about, like, getting jobs in this province? I'm so glad that I spent so much money on getting two degrees. <laughs> well, you know. When I could have just been making friends with people. Yeah. Having a <clears throat> successful mom. I'm just joking, mom. You're really successful. <laughs> okay. But Farming I mean, you know, so like, important. not, not <laughs> as successful as being the queen's representative in this province. So, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know what I find really awkward? This is a little off topic, but still on topic. Mm. I go to a lot of plays, and a lot of times they'll um, talk about how it's unceded land, and then uh, we'll all rise for the left. Like, it's very awkward to me how they do that one after another. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I think we should just pick one, and I know which one I think we should pick. Yeah. Okay. Moment, of, moment of silence for colonialism. <laughs> and now, the lieutenant governor of the queen. <laughs> yeah. It's it just shouldn't be right next to each other. Yeah, know? it's definitely a little bit of a weird. Oh, placement, it's super weird. Now that you mention it, huh? and every play I go to, and I'm like, Does, am I the only person feeling uncomfortable? Like, surely these two things don't. Listen, that's don't <laughs> don't think about it too much. It's yeah, I'll just, do what you do when you go to the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You just like you just have to like check your like conscience and morals and stomach at the door. Mm-hmm. To summarize the Mitch Moore thing for people who haven't checked in, if you do like an elevator summary. Right. Okay. So basically what happened is uh, in 2018, um, the rooms needed to fill a position for director of marketing. Um, There were some other staffing issues that were interested at the time. Anyway, Dean Brenton, former CEO, had somebody in mind and had offered them the job. He was then contacted by uh, the minister and deputy minister and basically told i think it was a minister in the phone call at this time but he's basically like you that you we have somebody else in mind you have to cancel that contract it's not legitimate anyway because i have to sign off on it which is true it was not a legitimate contract um i get the impression that lots of uh not totally above board hiring practices happened over this province but that's fine uh one big lesson that the government keeps saying is that this is about how bad the process is so we got to review it but anyway what happened was they need to fill this position. The government basically canceled the appointment they already had. And then, like, later at a board meeting, uh, called in to the CEO slash executive committee and said, you're appointing Carol Foot," uh, And that was that, basically. <laughs> so 
Um, <clears throat> so she, formerly, what was her job? Formerly, she was the comms director. The she was like she worked for the she was the associate secretary to the cabinet comms director. So she was basically like the comms director for like the cabinet of the liberal government. So she would have reported directly to the premier. And the original contract that was signed for or not signed, yeah. but the job was originally posted at right. salary. Right. So the original ranking for the director of marketing salary position was like it was a range between like eighty thousand dollars and one hundred and five thousand dollars, I think. Uh, and when the government appointed Carla Foote, they so they didn't they didn't fill the director of marketing position. They left that empty. They took the funds from it to fund the new position they created called executive director of marketing. Um, and because she had been used to an executive salary at the provincial level, uh, they said it was like, therefore, she would get the same amount of salary at this other level. So it was an increase between, I think, the candidate that they had hired, but then uh, rescinded the contract was like, oh, it was 85000 or something. Mm -hmm. So this would have been about a pay increase of like $50,000, give or take. It's just so crazy. Um I've been thinking about Carla Foote a lot this week because I'm <laughs> just thinking how hard it must be. I mean, I know that she has a massive salary, so it's probably still easier than being me. Yeah. But it must be really tough to go to these meetings and and, and know that it must it must be strange to be Carla Foote right now. Yeah, this has definitely been a weird week for Carla Foote. I mean, I, I think, yeah, there's been some talk about how like they should basically sack her and redo the hiring. I mean, that sounds messy. It is probably the appropriate thing to do. Like, I'm sure, obviously, like, she worked in comms and government for 20 years. It's not like she's completely unqualified for the position. It's just the problem is that it looks horrible and nobody can give a good excuse for why any of it happened the way that it did. Now, M Mitchell Moore has gone on record as saying that he was not ordered to do this by Dwight Ball. And Dwight Ball's like, he's good boy. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> he's my best boy. <laughs> yeah, so basically like Mitch like Mitch Moore did not speak to any of this stuff in the house at all all week until today he got up and answered your question when I think Chess Crosby was like did the premier instruct you to do this? Or no, was it did the premier or one of his staff instruct you to do this? And Mitch Moore finally got up and he's like premier didn't instruct me to do this. Everything's fine. I look forward to my reprimand, you know, whatever. Um <laughs> and then Chess was like Okay, like, so the pre you said the premier didn't, like, tell you, but, like, did his chief of staff tell you? And then there was, like, kind of a moment of silence, and then Mitch Moore gets up, and he's like, you should read the report, you jerk. Um, the last part is a bit of editorializing, but that is, like, that was, like, the implication. Uh, so, anyway... It, we sort of hit this. We sort of hit the situation where, like, the premier's insisting he had nothing to do with it. Uh, all of the evidence in the report suggests that he told somebody to do it so is mitchell moore being set up to be the fall guy or that definitely seems to be like one of the predominant explanations that like mitchell moore is the fall guy and that this is part of like an arrangement that like he'll have to eat all this shit so that the premier doesn't have to on monday in the house both allison coffin and chess crosby who looks a lot less like a lizard person in person <laughs> do and he's doing some oh i'm not allowed to say that <coughs> okay no that, that i think we could probably say uh, like who? A lizard person, oh. you know, uh, lizard people. It's big on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the the camera definitely adds some lizardish features, but yeah, yeah no. In person, but he does walk like uh, he walks like Darth Vader. You can hear him coming from so it, far away. He's got a real slow, like funereal kind of march. It's like, yeah, I mean, you you can tell <laughs> something that we'll get into some other time in the show that like you can tell a lot about like different politicians based on their body language. So it's been really interesting to watch like how certain people walk in to be interviewed and like because like. Dwight comes out like, yes, man, let's do this interview. Yeah. And Chess comes out like, kind of like Charlie Brown, right? With his head down, yeah. kind of walking in. And you're like, all right, let's uh, take some questions. And Allison Coffin, okay. Oh. Allison Coffin, polling faces like crazy. And, and But just in front of the cameras, it's like she's she on the floor, a very confident woman, and her questions were powerful. And I was like, I love her. And then as soon as she's in front of the camera, it was like, Whoa. She's, Whoa. She's a little too expressive for her own good sometimes, I think. I also want to mention that there's like 10,000 comms people. When I'm saying, okay, there's nine there's nine regular people here in the audience. There was nine regular people. And then I act, then I was like, oh, no, here's 11 more. Those uh, the yeah, 11 were people staffers. were comms people, Drew told me later. So, and then for every part, Allison King came out, she had her comms person. The liberals had like three buzzing around. It was crazy, and it's like, I'm really glad these comms people are getting jobs. It's important that you have a job. I care about that. 
but the politicians are so I think that's why it seems dumber to you because they're being so carefully watched. Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like uh, I've sort of like one person sort of suggested to me that like the reason, you know, because like I kind of ask like do any of these people realize how they come across to anybody? And the answer is no, because before they do anything, they're briefed by 10 different people who all tell them you're the best, keep doing it. Yeah. And I and I I do feel like Allison and Chess Crossley both were so strong on the floor, but once they had their communications people around them, they're there's something about them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're like, oh, gotta be on brand. Yeah, gotta be. I guess it's. it's I guess it's like it's the it's the management of like you gotta call on the message. You can't have a gaffe. It's like it's 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 everything becomes much more stage managed, right? Which like when you have the press yeah. gallery of like there were maybe five reporters in there, I'd say on average. Yeah. yeah and then suddenly like you have you you have that amount of comms people for every person that comes out to talk. Yeah. It's you're not really getting like. I would say yeah, most politicians human need to be more exciting and with Allison Coffin you could ham it down a little yeah because it I was like who like if I watched you in question period I would vote for you watching you in front of the cameras I would not vote for you and it was really de- depressing because I kind of you know, <clears throat> yeah. yeah it's uh I mean yeah it's definitely interesting to I mean I guess it's sort of like you, you see who is um like a rookie and who's been around for a while mm-hmm. I mean I think like Allison probably will get a little bit better as time goes on um, I mean, I imagine if any of them are listening to this show, they'll hopefully take this as a very kind-hearted production note. I keep um, assuming no one's listening to it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, that's okay. It's, it's best to pod like nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, you know, because other, otherwise you become too stage managed and conscious <laughs> of the brand and we fall into the exact same death trap we are now decrying at our house of <laughs> democracy or uh, whatever. Drew, uh, your reporter is supposed to be unbiased. Yeah. As best as possible. Allegedly. What do you think is the best possible outcome for Mitchell Moore? What, I, what, how could he... I mean, like, at this point, resignation slash getting fired seems off the table. I think it's pretty clear that the apology is not going to cut it, I think, either with the House of Assembly or the general public. As we're recording this right now, they're debating whether or not they're going to make him pay back $50,000. I think... Yeah, I think some kind of, like, if you if we can't have, like, the job and the ministerial responsibility and all the other stuff we're supposed to have in an accountable government, yeah, I think he should probably have to make some kind of financial restitution. Whether or not that actually happens and the government manages to shield him, I don't know. It really comes down to, like, how Eddie Joyce votes on this, and that's, like, the ultimate wild card in the house. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's, like, the Joker in the back. And, like, it's, <laughs> and it's this weird, fun redemption for Eddie Joyce because he's got all the power for a minute. Yeah, and it's, kind, and it's, like, and it's really funny because it's kind of like this is like basically like eddie joyce was turfed from caucus over the harassment thing but the one thing that sort of like the, the damning thing against him is that he slipped a friend's resume in to get a chance at a job right and they turfed him from caucus so now you have mitchell moore who's been shown like proven to do something like way worse but he's staying and yeah now like it's up to eddie joyce to decide is he gonna have to like pay the money back this is some, like high drama mm-hmm. like you couldn't like this is like the ending to a book that no one would believe if you wrote it like it's ridiculous <laughs> But that's why it's so good. In terms of like paying money back, so say Mitchell Moore had to pay the money back, like can we spin this to like a positive thing? Like can the government do something good with that money? Yeah, I mean, that actually that would be a really good approach if the government like if he paid back the money and they like gave it and like here's an arts grant for the money that the Chris Mitchell Moore uh, annual arts grant <laughs> you know? due oh. to I would love that. That would be so great, actually. Yes, the, can, the Chris Mitchell Moore Carla Foot <laughs> annual uh, arts endowment. I think. <laughs> Try to get that money for this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of money. That that is you know like fifty thousand dollars. It's it's that is money. that is a lot of money. I you think could, that would change my life. Yeah, that would yeah. definitely change my life. That's like I mean it's like when I'm like you, you know, have like, like eight more bonsai trees. I would. I would buy so many. <laughs> I could put them in nice pots too. It'd be awesome. What are they in now? Just milk cartons. Uh, I mean yeah, some of them are in like nice pots. Some of them are in not so nice pots. Uh, you know it's. It's, uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, 
in summary, I'm going to go again if Drew will let me back and if security guards don't give me too I, hard a time. I will definitely email them in advance this time. Yeah, and I will probably not make eye contact with them. But <laughs> I, I would recommend anyone listening who wants to go and experience the House of Assembly, um, you definitely should take it in because it's fascinating. It's really interesting to see how it works. These people make a fairly large salary compared to you or me or most of us out there. So it's really important for us to see how that money is being spent and what they're talking about. And just it's just interesting. It's it's a really fascinating thing. So yep. I would go and take it in. Yeah, I definitely recommend people see how the sausage gets made. I mean, like it's it's one thing to sort of like follow the tweets or hear about it the next day in the newspaper or and, and even like watch it on the live cast. It's another thing to like be in the room and actually see all the like backroom heckling and stuff. Uh, I guess we should talk about her something like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Last week I said I was going to watch a sheep get turned into a sweater. Yes. Uh, I put it on in the background, but it was really boring. So I had to yeah. stop. No, <laughs> okay. that, that, that sounds like it worked too well. Yeah. It, it was like, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, this is taking a long time. <laughs> this is forever. It's actually more agitating than soothing. <laughs> yeah. Good. I feel like they could be knitting faster. <laughs> but, um, this week, my something light, I'm going to Montreal tomorrow to visit my little sister, and I'm going to Joe Beef. I'm really excited. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm pumped. That's so it's good. It's going to be good. Yeah. I completely failed to do anything light. It's been a really busy and hectic few days for me. Uh, the closest thing I got to doing something light was going back to high school last week and talking to the kids about journalism, which was frankly terrifying. Because kids are terrifying, and the world is scary, and, like, TV is not going to exist in, like, 10 years because they all get their news off fucking Snapchat. It is insane. <laughs> TikToks. Yes, <laughs> TikToks. Oh, my God, it's crazy. And the, other, the only other thing that I really want to, like, take away, I mean, the kids were, like, great, actually. They were best kind. There's only a couple of them who were jerks, but that's high school. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the main thing that, that, like, really sort of, like, um, freaked me out was actually like I was a bit nervous coming in and every teacher I talked to were like oh it's really normal for like our guest speakers to get a little like tense and nervous and maybe psychologically triggered by being in, hack in high school at which point sort of made me think like well I mean I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone but I'm also like it's really fucked up kind of that like the place where everybody spends like three to like two thirds of their childhood traumatized all of us to the point where we get like physically ill when we come back that seems weird maybe we shouldn't do that yeah. but I'm not a teacher so what do I know Oh, oh, that's amazing. That's, nice. that's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. I'm jealous. All right. All right. <laughs> you got to go, right? Right, yeah, of course, yeah. So basically, like, nepotism is basically, like, when somebody is, like, given uh, employment or some other form of privilege just because of their, like, family or personal connections. So, which historically, because this is such a small province and there haven't really been, like, good rules to enforce this sort of thing, it's been a lot of, like, people doing favors for each other and things happen less on merit maybe than just because somebody knows somebody else. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for destroying your house. It's fine. It collected perfectly in that rug. Fair enough. Uh, I just didn't know what the difference was between, like, nepotism and was it chromism? Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, th these are, like, words that are kind of, like, interchangeable. Like, nepotism is technically, I think it's, like, if they're related to you. Cronyism is if it's just, like, your friend or uh, someone you're getting, like, corruption benefits from. Um, but, yeah, that's ba basically, it's just, like, it's the opposite of, like, someone getting appointed for, like, because they're the best person for the job. Do you think with all of this happening that chess will be the next premier of this province? I mean, it's... It's kind of looking that way now. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it depends, right? I mean, I guess it depends on how long, like, chess stays on because they're going to review his leadership in the spring, I think, so they might toss him. I mean, if we go to an election before that happens, it's distinctly possible because I think everybody's just really mad at the liberals. The truth, he can't wait to be reviewed. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but yeah, he also can't wait to be reviewed, so... Um, yeah, I guess we'll find out what happens. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it it <laughs> does not look really good for the liberals right now, and I don't think they're doing themselves many favors in how they're like defending it. Uh, so okay, I have to I have to get something off my chest. I have a confession to make. Yeah, of course. So I used to work in tourism. Yeah. So I've had the opportunity to meet Mitchell Moore. Of course. On numerous occasions. Yes. I've, I have lots of selfies with him. Excellent. Um, and I one time had to give a presentation to like a room full of tourism operators, like social media best practices, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I used Chris Mitchell Moore as an example of someone who uses social media really well. And I had seen him, like, do a speech at, like, a Youth Ventures presentation, and he, yeah. like, went off script. He was so passionate. He was, like, sharing selfies, like, in different communities. I use him as a good example. Yeah. And that's fine and dandy. But then, like, shortly after that presentation, he started sharing, like, the selfies of him with, like, the barbecued sausages. Uh. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's not really on brand. Uh. And then he came up with that video. Influenced by our history, built upon isolation and remoteness, shaped by our way of life. Of like oh, the yeah, the, the weird Mr. Rogers like, video. What are you doing? And I just want to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone <laughs> in the room who was at that presentation. I was wrong, and that was a poor example. Well, we are all about correcting the record on this show. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> I think that's legitimate. I'm glad you shared. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so that's our show for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed listening and learning lots about the House Assembly and how like fucked up the government is here in terms of making appointments for major portfolios. Uh, and if you enjoyed any of this, we would love it if you supported the independent with your money because we desperately need it. Uh, <laughs> and it is Christmas time, so you can always, you know, subscribe. Yes, and... the gift of journalism is wonderful for Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna compare what we do to baby Jesus, that would be inappropriate, but you know, like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Much needed service. Calling out the king when he tries to commit infanticide. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so we're going to try and do some more uh, interactive content on this show. So we're going to start doing a question of the week uh, where you can send in a voice memo that we can play on the show and you can have your say. So the first independent question of the week is, what do you make of the Chris Mitchell Moore situation and what do you think should happen? Please send us your voice memos to podcast at theindependent.ca and we will make sure that you have your say. Cool. What is this open line? <laughs> yeah, okay, I was like, where have I heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like open line, but much more aggressively moderated. <laughs> That's our show for this week. Uh, I'm Drew Brown, uh, editor-in-chief and sole employee of the Newfoundland Labrador Independent. I was joined this week by Andy Bowman and Jen Brown. <laughs> excellent. And, of course, we were produced by the excellent Luke Quinton, who puts up with me constantly forgetting to credit him at the end of every recording. 